0: as Alaikum, it is Tuesday the 31st of May 2022 in our series Reflections on on the Holy Quran this is broadcast number 319 and uh, we are talking about use of the words in chapter 2 verse 101 of the Holy Quran and this is the seventh part of our considering the words of this verse of the Holy Quran my apologies for a slight delay um, in uh, starting the program this was due to a slight difficulty technical difficulty which uh, has been overcome quite quickly, thank Alhamdulillah. So let us turn to our broadcast. These broadcasts are brought to you courtesy of LASER Lahore MDS School for Education in Religion and LASER is a department of Islam. the uh, Md Ajimaat was uh, created by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed Sahib and she taught us that although other people say that after the holy prophet Muhammad a prophet can come this is incorrect because the Holy Quran says about the Holy Prophet Muhammad that he is Khātamun nabiyyin and uh, the Holy Prophet explained this by saying, "Lā Nabī abadi." There is no prophet after me. And uh, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Sahib, taught that his claim is that it, that in accordance with the Hadith. He is a mujaddid, a reformer, who are to appear amongst the Muslims from time to time to guide Muslims back onto the correct path after after they have strayed. And uh, he said that his distinction was that other ahadis also speak of the coming of a Messiah and a Mahdi and these titles applied to him he he also taught that uh, muslims show too much haste in declaring each other heretics and kafirs and so he said this is against what the holy prophet commanded because the holy prophet said that if one reciter of the kalima says to another reciter of the kalimah you are not a muslim then it's the person saying it who's the heretic just think on these words and uh, also taught that um, others believe that some prophetic revelation has been missed out from the Holy Qur'an. And uh, some that is in the Holy Qur'an has been abrogated, cancelled. He said this cannot be correct because in the Holy Qur'an God says, I have revealed it and I will guard it. And if something is missing from the Holy Qur'an, that means the Holy Qur'an is not complete now. And if parts of it are abrogated or cancelled, that means that it's not perfect. This is why abrogation has to take place because something is not correct or perfect. <coughs> but the Holy Quran is perfect and complete. And uh, Hazrat stressed that Jihad is a fundamental duty of every Muslim. But Jihad is defined by the Holy Prophet Muhammad, who said, when returning from fighting, that Muslims were returning from Jihad Asghar, the minor jihad, the minor struggle, to Jihad Akbar, to major struggle. And then went on to explain that the major struggle is Jihad Nafs. Holy Prophet used these words himself. Yahad bin Nafs. Struggle with your own self, your own greed, your own desires for worldly gain at the expense of the hereafter. So let us now turn to the Holy Quran. and verse 101 which we have been talking about um billahi minash shair rajib bismillahir rahmanir rahim وَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ رَسُولٌ مِّنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ مُفَدِّقٌ لِمَا مَعَهُمْ نَبَذَ حَرِيقٌ مِّنَ الَّذِينَ آُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ كِتَابَ اللَّهِ وَالرَّاءَ ذُحُورِهِمْ and when there came to them a messenger from Allah verifying that which they have. A party of those who were given the book through the book of Allah behind their backs as if they knew nothing. So today we will talk about la alabu these three words. So <coughs> let us <coughs> turn to my notes. So the first word as I said that we look at is ka'anahum. Now, this has two parts, although it's one word, it has what's called two morphological segments, if you like, technical <coughs> explanations. Basically what it means is that this is an expression made up of two things, the Anna and Hum. Whom is a pronoun and it's third-person, masculine, plural, if you really want to know. I don't think many people want to go into these grammatical uh, fine points, but there we are. Um, They. Them. Here it means they. And the other kanna other part kanna it's in uh, english called the accusative particle so there's not a lot you can say the stands for as if and whom is the uh, pronoun they <clears throat> and uh, let's then move on to the next word which is LA. LA stands for negation. And um, uh, so, um, you know like uh, um, in this verse here, LA YA'ALAMUNA so Moon, we'll come to that in a later, knowledge, knowing, La opposite of that, no, as if they have no knowledge. But the thing to remember about law is that it completely negates what it's referring to. Here it's referring to Yalamoon, about these people's pretense of not understanding. And we have the same thing in the hadith that I refer to in every broadcast, which says, La Nabiya Badi. La, no. Nabiya, Prophet. Bad. Again, Badi has two parts Bad after an E. Or, ya at the end of bhad is the pronoun. So, it has two segments bhadi. Bhad after, and that ya means me. You know, kitabi, my book. Kitab book, adding a ya at the end, that's a pronoun. My book belongs to me. What belongs to me? The book. Same applies to the common uh, words, Molvi, which is used for an Imam or a religious leader or someone with knowledge of religion. Mola actually means my Lord. Lord, adding ya at the end, Makes it my Lord, Mola Na, Mola Lord, Na, awa, our Lord. So these pronouns are being added to their noun, and uh, it's become a title for certain religious leaders. So, I'm going into that to explain to you about Baadi, Baad, after, me is the pronoun. After whom? After me. La. There is no, absolutely no, Nabiya, prophet, Baad, he, after, he. Me, me. Now, the Holy Prophet clearly says that after him there is no prophet. Law is absolute, so absolute denial of what follows, absolute negation. That doesn't exist, it can't happen. So, those who try and argue that somehow a prophet can come need to reflect upon this Hadith of the Holy Prophet Muhammad that uh, no prophet can come after the Holy Prophet Muhammad whether it's old or new or green or brown or purple or black no prophet can come (coughs) Next word Ya'lamu the last word of this verse of the Holy Quran uh, root, literal root is qayn Laam and Meem. And uh, it occurs in the Holy Quran 854 times. 14 words made with these three letters uh, appear in the Holy Quran. 382 times it appears as Alima and 163 times it's the word Alim and 73 times as Alamin and 49 times as A'lam and 41 times as alama. What else do we have? What else do we have? 18 times as A'lim and 11 times as Ma'alum. Now these words which are made from uh, these three letters like ilm, alim, malumat, ahlim, ma'lum, mu'allam. These are all common words in Urdu. But the problem that arises is this, that Urdu has restricted the meanings of these words. So whereas in Arabic the word would be very broad in Urdu what they would do is just take and use one meaning of that word which is fine but the problem with that is that people then start thinking that that word only has that one meaning and the breadth of the words, or of the meanings is lost. And then this leads to problems because you know, some if someone then in Urdu uses a word in its Arabic sense, then people get confused. al alimu actually means to completely know and understand something and you can do that by knowing about the thing or um, by its attributes you know if someone says Shahid which is my name Now, people don't have to know my attributes like my color and, you know, height and weight and where I live and so on to realize it's me. Immediately, their brain tells them it's that person. But if you describing something by its attributes, then you have to go in in more detail. So what the Holy Quran does is sometimes it refers to exactly the opposite to define what it's trying to say. Like in chapter 8 verse Sixty, it says, la and those that you don't know God knows God is aware of them. So you see this attribute of God of knowing everything is established by the negative, human beings that they don't know everything so what you don't know god knows and in fact knowledge can be of two kinds one is sort of theoretical and the other one practical theoretical knowledge is you know like learning calculus once you've learned calculus, that's it. That's the end of the year, the story. That's enough. You need to do no more. If you're doing learning differentiation, as long as you know if y equals x, x squared dy by dx is 2x, that's it. You don't need to go into its application to economic theory or uh, vaccination or anything else you learned everything about differentiation or integration or anything these days perhaps when each topic is so wide and broad that you can uh, only concentrate on particular bits of that topic it still applies once you know that part of the topic you know that's it your theoretical knowledge is complete and you know all about it but then practical knowledge applies to those things where it's not enough just to know about something see i can read a medical book and I can find out how to do a heart transplant and you know and if I'm really careful what I'll do is I'll go to YouTube and I'll look at some videos and say all right okay okay so the book is saying this you know first I've got to divert this man's blood supply through this machine by these tubes so that blood keeps flowing and his organs don't die all right 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 then i've got to cut here and i've got to cut there and i've got to remove the uh, the old heart and you know whatever else but that doesn't mean to say that i can lay someone down and do a heart transplant or take their appendix out or whatever because when you come to do these things practically you come across many problems many problems you know car mechanic if he goes to technical college and he taught he's taught all the theory and he passes his exam with flying color colors you think if he gets a job in a workshop, repairing cars on the first day, they're going to let him loose on some car. No, they're not. They're going to put someone with him to supervise him, to teach him the practical aspects. You know, the the theory will say, okay, so you uh, need to uh, Change the air filter or the oil filter. So what you do is you take a spanner or something and you loosen this nut and you take this off and oh, there's the uh, air filter that is, look, it's dirty and horrible. And there's a nice clean one. Put it in, put the lid back on, tighten the uh, the nut. And hurrah! What happens if someone inexperienced tries to loosen that nut and that nut is stuck? And he can't use it. He doesn't know what to do. What happens happens if he breaks it? You know, anything can happen. So his knowledge is not complete until he's practiced it. This is why for people who need to practice things before they can understand the karma surgeons clubbers bricklayers electricians they have to not just read the books but also practice doing these things this applies to lawyers as well it's all very well reading what books of law says say But when you actually come to advise clients, you have to keep the practical implications of of things in mind. You know, a poor man wants to sue a newspaper because they've said something wrong about him. and the trial is going to cost a hundred thousand pounds and there is a chance you know the chances of this man winning a 60 40. so what happens if he loses and he's forced to pay a hundred thousand pounds the only asset he has is his house if he sells that to pay the legal fees, he's going to be homeless. What would you say to such a person? You obviously wouldn't say to him, go down this route. Because, you, you know, it can. there is a danger that it can completely destroy the person. And it has happened. Two neighbours had a dispute over one foot of land. One neighbor put a fence up, the other neighbor was saying that he's taken one foot of my land. And they went to court, they went to county court, and the person who lost appealed to the high court, and the person who lost appealed to the court of appeal. And by the time the dispute was sorted out, I can't remember in whose favor it was, One of the neighbors had to actually sell his house. I I think it was the neighbor who was claiming the extra one foot. He had to sell his house to pay the legal fees. What was the point? Some of it is, you know, not being properly advised and so on and that kind of thing. But anyway... And, you know, some of it may be that the lawyers just wanted to make money. But there we are. Now, there's also, you see, you can also look at knowledge from another aspect. And that is that knowledge that is perfect and complete. And knowledge, things or conclusions that we draw depending upon our uh, experience and experimentation and all this kind of thing. The perfect and complete knowledge is the revelation humans receive from God. God is said so. Well, in that case, if God is said so, that is the end of the story. And that was Ms. Aulam Ahmed's point. That God has told him, Jesus has died. This is why those people who say that God has stopped speaking to people are wrong. Yes, we agree, no prophet can now come. That is correct, that no prophet can now come, but at the same time, God continues to guide people. You see, you know, take this death of Jesus. Prominent scholars say Jesus is sitting up in heavens. Those prominent, equally prominent on the other side, say, "No, Quran says Jesus has died." Who would you believe? Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad said, "God has told me that it's written in the Holy Quran that Jesus has died," and that's the point. It is God saying that, not Molana X or Imam boy, or whoever. And the other thing to remember is this. See, a couple of hundred years ago, two, three hundred years ago, Newton came up with the theory of light. And he said, light is particles, one following another. There was another guy around at the same time, Huygens. And he said, no, light is a wave, like a sea wave. Why did Newton say light were particles, corpuscles, I think he called them, because that explanation of the nature of light explained some of his experimental results. Huygens said it's waves because if he said light his particle traveling in a straight line, that didn't explain his experiments or other experiments. So he said, okay, if light is a wave, then those results are explained. Then, much later, people started saying, well, both Newton and Huygens were, were, were right. In some circumstances, light behaves like particles traveling in a straight line. In other circumstances, light behaves as a wave. So, you know, another theory came up, wave-particle duality. It's called, I think, of light and so on. The point I'm making is that our knowledge, however certain we may be, that what we've discovered is correct is always subject to change and correction. Like in the example that I've, I've given you. The only certain knowledge is knowledge given by God. Now, what happens if the Muslim Ummah goes astray? You know, Mr. X says, do this, that's the right thing, this is where you're going wrong. Mr. Y says, no, 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 no. It's not that, it's this. Who do you believe? This is why although no prophets can come, God will, there will be no new law or someone from Allah, but Allah will send reformers whom he will guide to tell people where they're going astray. With that, I take my leave of you with the prayer that whoever you are and wherever you may be, may Allah keep the whole of humanity safe and sound and free from harm. Inshallah, we will meet again tomorrow at the same time. Assalamu alaikum, khuda hafiz, goodbye.